Hi guys, and welcome to the Ray of Light TV podcast, a special place that values the real you. Now, if you are new here, welcome to a platform that's interested in human health, but not in the same way as your 10th grade biology teacher. Here on this platform, we look at proper health and well-being as the key to unlocking your very best self. Every week, with the help of our unique guests, we dive a bit deeper into what it means to be a healthy and whole human. I hope you can join us, and I hope you enjoy this experience. Welcome. who is not new to our show but is actually a very very dear godmom to me sister i guess to y'all maybe sister to me in ways too but i have my godmom on here with me today to discuss the importance of relational awareness and healthy boundaries in relationships so for those of you guys who don't know january is the national observance of stalking for women's health month And I wanted to talk about some preventative measures we can take to ensure that stalking isn't happening, to make sure that you're not in situations where it does happen. And if you are in a situation, what are some of the things you can do to stay safe? Right. So, of course, before we start our discussion, I want to drop some facts before we go. Um, So for those of you guys who don't know, stalking is any unwanted and or repeated surveillance by an individual or group towards another person. Stalking is a crime. Stalking is not okay in any capacity. It's not something cute. It's not something we should desire. It's real and it's very, very dangerous. And especially for women, it's very, very prevalent. So the the statistics say, and you can get these from um, the CDC page, one in three women have been stalked and half have been stalked before the age of 25. Wow. It's so crazy. And so for young women, this is really something that we have to be on the lookout for. If a guy is pressuring you in any way, sending you repeated phone calls, you know, showing up to your job, showing up to your house, like this is not a gesture that we should take lightly. And this is not a gesture that we should be um, okay with or enjoy. This is actually something that, you know, should actually be talked about. That's right. And I think that what what brings this around full circle for me is this is just a violation of I think and you can speak to this too TT um, of women's rights and especially black women's rights on so many levels I know that um, Megan the Stallion and Tory Lanez is a situation that's all in the news right now and T if you don't know what happened um, so there was this rapper Tory Lanez and then of course we know Megan the Stallion is an artist and he was pursuing her repeatedly she was trying to break up with him and he actually shot her in the foot for mm-hmm. trying to basically get away. And right. so we know about these situations of domestic abuse. They're very common, but it's like people aren't necessarily talking about them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and I, I just wanted to open it up sh- to shine some light on these type of situations. Yeah, so yeah. He, just hearing these initial statistics, what does, what does this make you feel? What is your reaction to it? Oh my goodness. So, wow. Well, first, thank you, darling, for inviting me again. I'm so happy to be here. I love you and I'm so proud of what you're doing and and just standing up as um, an activist, right? And ensuring that you are getting the word out and creating a safe space for people to have these conversations that are so healthy 
and um, and talking about preventative measures because it is widely ignored. It is widely ignored. So when when you ask me what I hear, I immediately think about the the objectification of women, right? And how that has how that has been a that has happened in our society and it's been normalized exactly. to objectify women in such a way that um, it's common, you know, um, even with abuse and domestic violence, right? It's it's something that's not new, but it's been, it's been ignored, right? And so stalking falls right in line with that. There are so many women, we've lost so many women because our society has normalized the objectification of women and, um, and not made it a priority. So thus we, you know, um, and, and when you think about minoritized women, um, women of color, you know, um, you know, that is, it, it's also um, un unfortunate that that population has been ignored as well, you know, and there's not a sense of urgency, not a sense of urgency for them, right? right. Um, uh, if they're missing, think about uh, the Anthony Sowell cases, right? Mm -hmm. Those women um, in the in Cleveland, over around the Kinsman area, um, they're underrepresented. Um, they can be considered poor, but reality is they're African American and they are not um, important to certain people, right? And so that's what I think about. I think about the objectification of women and how our society has normalized that so much so that um, women are not valued in a sense, right. you know, um, you know, uh, our, our bodies, our minds are minimized, our opinions are mi minimized. So, um, that's what, that's what comes to mind. And so this, these type of conversations are so important to say, you are valued, you are mm -hmm. important. You have to set boundaries in relationships. You yeah. have to set those boundaries. We have to lift the narrative in our society and say, no, we have a right. We have a voice. We are here. We are here, right? We are here. This is happening, and and draw some attention to it, and and look at resources to help folks. So, wow, that's what I think about, Ray. The way that you explained that was so perfect. Because the next question I was going to ask you is from a divest a diversity and equity and inclusion standpoint. Mm -hmm. Why is it that so many Black women can go missing in Cleveland, and it just kind of seems like nobody bats an eye? Like, mm -hmm. sure, we have them on the milk carton. Sure, we have them on the newspaper, but it's like. Why is this a thing? Yeah. And even going more into the black community, I know growing up and I would love to hear from your perspective too. growing up when I was 15 or when I was in high school, it would be very common for me to have friends who were 15 and 16, but entertaining gentlemen who were 21, 22, 23. Mm -hmm. And although, thank God, I was never one to be, you know, dealing with a boy that that much older than me. Why are black girls being targeted <laughs> in their their youth, in their teen years? And sure, we could say it's maybe because they develop early, but like, really, what are some of the protective measures that families can be putting in place to keep these kids from getting in these these abusive situations where they're dealing with men so much older than them? Yeah, yeah. Ray, you you said a lot there, and it makes me think about. Um, you know, structural racism, mm -hmm. you know, in our society. Uh, it makes me think about um, uh, women of color um, and and the the historical um, um, the historical place that we the the how society has placed us in and devalued us right. as people of color as a whole. Right. And so when you talk about why haven't we been valued, have we ever been valued is the question. Mm -hmm. 
you know, as a as a people, you know, we are still trying to create equitable um, and build an equality in system. We're still trying to uh, promote inclusion and and lift diversity in system, you know. And so, I just believe that um, um, uh, women of color, women of color, um, as a minority, as a you know, the intersection of the intersectionality of it. You know, we were into we have two intersecting uh, group identities. We're woman, and then what we're woman of color. You know, and so when you think about how look at infant mortality, the infant mortality rate for women of color is um, right now women of color are dying at a five, a three times greater rate than uh, Caucasian women. Babies of color are dying at a three times greater rate rate uh, for than uh, white babies. Right. You know, we don't want any baby to die, right? But why is that? Research says it's because of structural racism, right? And so women of color not being valued. It's not because they don't have um, uh, access to good health care. It's not because they're not following up and doing their prenatal. Right. It's because they're not treating, they're not being treated right. They're, they're you know, the healthcare society has some areas that we need to develop. We need to work, go into system and, and, and work out some of those um, racist uh, policies and procedures that are hurting our women, mm. you know, and, and minimizing their voice, Right. And so I believe that is what that society as a whole, right? We still have these racist bias system, you know, systems in place that perpetuate um, this uh, broken brokenness, if you will. Absolutely. And even going back to the Megan and Tori situation, I know the first few weeks, or if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the first few days, she didn't tell the police because her initial response was, "I didn't want to be a snitch." Yeah. So even though she was the victim, she mm -hmm. was the one who was abused. She didn't want to tell anybody. She didn't want to tell. Right. Right. And so you know, I want to say something. I don't, I'm not trying to preach, but the scripture in First Peter uh, five and eight says, "Be sober. Mm -hmm. Be sober minded." Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around. That is the um, Eastern Standard uh, uh, translation. Mm -hmm. But it says your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's stalking. Right. Ooh. That is stalking. So the enemy stalks us. Ooh. He stalks us mentally. He stalks us spiritually and he's stalking in the natural with this human trafficking, you know? Mm. So Ohio is one of the, I think it's the, the, um, the third um, state in America that has one of the highest human trafficking rates. Right. Mm. And so it's the devil. It is the enemy. Right. And so that's why we have to be sober and vigilant. You know, this podcast sobers us up. Right. And says, you know, don't look at it through rose-colored glasses. Understand that this is the enemy targeting our women. Yes. Ooh. Targeting our population. He's prowling. He's stalking. He stalks us in, in academia. He stalks us professionally and, and minimizes our place in this world and devalues us. You know, and so that's where we have to use our voice to advocate, to promote um, uh, uh, not just... Um, uh, human trafficking, but um, racial equality, mm -hmm. you know, period, you know, so um, I just wanted to lift that is the enemy. That's a prowler. He's a right. stalker, right. Um, and then 
we've normalized this. We've normalized stalking. And some people think they flirt with it. They think it's cute. Oh, he just likes me, you know, and I don't want to tell him. I don't want to get him in trouble. So that's where, you know, that be sober in your mind. That's mm -hmm. not being sober. That's being simple. Right. That's not being sober. It's being simple. So when, um, you know, there's, you know, um, a behavior, um, you know, um, when you look at the interpersonal relationship with this man or this, this somebody that you're flirting with and that you like, right. Mm. Um, and you, and, you know, it doesn't work and you end up breaking up with this person, but he's stalking you. And then, so you think it's cute, right? It's not cute. It's dangerous, right? It's dangerous. It's toxic. And I think that's what we have to do is call it out and say, this is dangerous. It's toxic. And you have to tell a lot of, there are a lot of hidden um, agendas in the black community and the black culture. You know, we, we, we think it's um, ratting on somebody to tell, right? Well, we don't think um, getting counseling, there's a stigma around African-Americans getting counseling and getting help, right? Um, you know, that's just, you know, if someone is a little off mentally and, you know, you might have that neighborhood person who walks around and you, everybody in the neighborhood knows something's wrong with him and they just, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy, John. He's just crazy. Well, it's not okay that some, that, that we are ignoring him. Get him some help. Mm. Right. So I'm just want to, I want to lift the thought and the narrative that um, in our culture, as African-American people, we have to use our resources and help each other. We have to sound the alarm and say, it's not okay. This is happening. Right. Um, and not yeah. perpetuate um, this, um, you know, inappropriate behavior mm. for lack of a better word, you know? Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. It's so mm -hmm. crystal clear in the, in the, just the revelation you gave us about like the enemy being that lion who is stalking us. Mm -hmm. That was good. That was yeah. juicy. He is stalking us. And, you know, and we just have to have courage, Raven. We have to yeah. have courage to do this. I think, you know, you have to have courage to speak up and, and speak out and say, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. I'm in, I need help. Right. Um, I know that. And I try to, you know, as we model the behavior and you find yourself in some situations that are uncomfortable, um, mental abuse is just as, as bad as domestic abuse. You know, and so you have to sound the alarm. You have to ask for prayer. You have to, you have to ask for help, you know, have the courage to do it, you yeah. know, because there's so many that are suffering in silence, right? I right. think about Vashti, uh, Queen Vashti in Esther, the first chapter, when King Azarsaras asked for her to come and show herself, you know, um, in her royal apparel, he mm -hmm. wanted her to come, um, uh, uh, show herself before all of the uh, men at this big feast, right? But royal apparel means that she would have been nude, wow. naked, right? And so that's the objectification of women. He wanted her to walk around, show herself before these men. They're they're mm -hmm. drunk. The Bible talks about them being drunk at this feast. The feast was going on for seven days, and in the midst of it, he says, "You know, bring Vashti here," right? Vashti said, no, Queen Vashti said, no, I'm not coming. Courage. Mm -hmm. She rejects. She said, no, I'm not going to do it. We have to say, no, we're not going to tolerate this type of behavior. Mm. Right. And have the courage to do it. Wow. See, I think that's so. 
That's so good because, you know, I was listening to or I think I was looking at a post um, and one of the worship leaders in Africa, um, they lost her to domestic violence. Mm. And my thing Mm. is, this is happening to people of God in the church who know that their husband should love them as Christ loves the church, who knows that, you know, husbands are supposed to say good things to their wives and love their wives. And, 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 and it's a curse that comes on a man who is treacherous to the wife of his youth. Like that's so not of God. Come Come on. But these are people who are preaching the word, living God, but at home are being domestically abused. Yeah. How in the world? Or mentally how, abused. Yeah. How is how how is it possible? And and how have we in a culture? Because I don't always think it's just the people. I think it's also the culture around us. How yeah. have when we seen the signs normalized it by just shutting our mouths and not saying mm-hmm. anything? Yeah. And the same thing happens in black homes. And I know we were talking about this before when molestation happens between the family and people are seeing the signs, but they just yeah. hide and close their mouths. Mm-hmm. Why do you think this happens T? and how can we have the courage to speak out against it? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's a hard question, Ray, because many times we're stuck, right? Mm-hmm. Many, and you have to be patient with people who are in those situations because there are other factors and variables. Their children are there, right? Mm-hmm. And so they, they're they being very careful, very mindful not to hurt them because, but when it, when it's, it depends on the level of trauma, the level of, 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 um, uh, of, seriousness or urgency around this situation right um and and with that being led by the lord you know god will lead and guide us into all truth and we have to have faith we have to have faith and believe and sometimes um we have to be careful not to couch um um and dismiss it we're very dismissive in the body of christ right mm-hmm. oh god going to fix it and leave it yeah god is going to fix it but you have to target this in prayer. And if God says move, move when he says move, Mm -hmm. leave, adjust it, get help, get counseling, do something. And I think what happens, Ray, is um, the body of Christ also has some behaviors that whereas we couch uh, abuse and you have to stay in it. You have to stay in it. That was just my next um, point. You have to stay in it. You have to... um, you know, stand by your man, right? Well, if he is abusing you, you need to seek the Lord and devise a plan according to his will. Okay. And I say that um, from lived experience and knowing how uncomfortable and tough marriage can be sometimes, it can be very challenging. But I also say, take the mirror and look at self and see what role you play in it first. You know, you don't just jump out and say, oh, I'm gone, I'm leaving. Marriage is tough. It's hard. It's not easy, you know, so keeping that issue before the Lord, you know, and making sure that you stay healthy Mm. because um, it's easy to um, uh, fall into a mental depression or down uh, spiral out of control, right? Because you've allowed this to take your joy, take your peace because you're not plugged into God. Mm if that makes any sense. Right. So you have to stay plugged in. It's not easy. It isn't. You have to stay plugged into the Lord because he says the joy, the, the scripture says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Right. I believe God will give a plan. I believe God will give a direction, but you've got to be led by him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't condone abuse, 
You know, I don't condone it. I think that um, it's not fair, especially for the women in the body of Christ, because we use God and give ourselves an excuse to stay in it. You know, the truth of the matter is God will give you revelation on how to show up and love, love your husband, love your family, and um, and just wait on the Lord and be of good courage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. This is a tough one. It's yeah. tough. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He's been so faithful, mm-hmm. you know? He has been so faithful. So um, I hope that answers are good. Look, I'm uh, it no, it answers my question. And I think the the next thing I will ask is so TT as a minister and as a counselor, because of course everyone who listens to my podcast is not married. Some people right. are young girls like me who are trying to live for the Lord, but also learning how to show up in dating, which is something that isn't necessarily like explicitly talked about in the Bible. The whole like dating stuff. It's kind of like we go from single to married, but it's like, how do we how do we um show up and set up relational boundaries that'll help us like when we get to that place or so that if a man is doing something that's not directly you know across against the word of God maybe he's not beating me but maybe he calls me you know a a lot of times or maybe he shows up places that he's not supposed to how do I see this as not just a gentle gesture but something that should be looked at as a red as a red flag yeah and it's just what you said it's a red flag Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I will say, don't couch it in this cute. Don't mm-hmm. couch it in that. Oh, he's cute. He's just being flirtatious. Oh, he just likes me. You know, I believe that you set those boundaries up front, you know, um, and, and understand that even in dating, um, you're dating to get to know each other, right? right. You're dating, but you're setting those boundaries, you know, boundaries have to be set. Um, one of the things that the Lord placed on my heart was, um, how we have to work on self, right? Mm -hmm. So many times we want to date. My question is, is it time for you to date? Should you be dating? If you know that you're in a depressive state or you know that you're you're very needy right now, right? Um, You know that you, you feel displaced. Allow God to heal your heart. Sometimes we need to, you know, the the Bible says, physician, heal thyself. Mm. Get the help that you need before you enter a relationship or before you even start dating. Because what happens is the enemy is looking for a place. The Bible says, give the devil no place. So the enemy is looking for a place. He's targeting you. Remember, he's prowling. He's stalking. And so if you're needy, that's what he's coming after. He's coming after that. And he's going to use that as a way to get in your life and to wreak havoc and to pull you out your place. Yeah, your spiritual place with God. And so if that makes any sense. So I'm saying, you know, look at self, get, you know, allow God to heal you. You know, it was David that says, search me and know me, oh God. And if there be anything in me, take it out. We have to let God search us Mm -hmm. and know us because there's sometimes I show up and I'm like, did I do that? Me? David says, search me and know me because he's saying, in other words, he's saying, I don't even know me. I shock myself. And sometimes because we're not healed, because we've not dealt with um, some of that 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 pain from that um, abuse as a little girl or that abusive relationship, or I don't feel fulfilled, we allow abuse, we allow stalking, we allow un- mm. inappropriate behavior because we're trying to fill that void. 
that void should be filled by God. Right. God, you have to allow God to heal you. So in so what I'm saying is know yourself first. You know, um, when you look at the emotional intelligence, it talks about knowing yourself from an um, interpersonal perspective, you know, knowing how, you know, um, how you're showing up and the impact that you're having on others. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you show up needy, that brother, the enemy is saying, I got her. Mm. I got her. You know, so allow yourself that time to heal Allow yourself that time to grow. Allow yourself that time to develop. Um, some folks shouldn't even be dating. Right. And does that make sense? Listen, you saying so much good stuff. You know, some young women shouldn't sense. even be dating. They should not be dating yet. Not yes. until they're healed. How can how can single women show up in a culture that really pushes having a man? Like, how can single black women, because like we just being real. It's like, if you don't have a boyfriend, people look at you like it's something wrong with you. How can we push that singleness and wholeness is actually okay? Yeah. And it is okay. It is okay. You know, the the Bible speaks about single women being committed to God Mm -hmm. and dedicated to God and, and serving the Lord. And I think that is where the misstep is, is that if you're not, you know, um, idle mind is a devil's workshop, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not, uh, you know, focused on the Lord or plugged into God, then you will be distracted and pulled into areas that will dismantle and um, discombobulate your whole life. Right. Mm. And so I just believe that um, you have like, you know, I should say, you know, single saved uh, and sanctified and sexy and, you know, (laughs) in the Lord. Right. Right. Showing up as your whole, your, your best self. Mm. You know, um, modeling the behavior, model it. You know, I'm I'm not needy as a single woman. It's like, I'm not needy. I'm happy in God. I love the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. You know, I'm a worshiper. Um, when it's time to get married, sure, the Lord is going to send your husband. But right now, I want to enjoy being single and um, allowing God to flourish in your life. So I would say... Um, you know, just being plugged in, right? And modeling the behavior. Single women have to model that, you know, um, I am happy in the Lord. It doesn't, I'm having a man doesn't necessarily, yeah. When it's time, yes, I want to be married. But a man is not going to make me. Right. Or break me. Or break me. Come on here. That said a lot about that, you know, <laughs> or break me. Right. You know, so I would say modeling the behavior, allowing yourself to fall in love with God, um, and enjoying that. Mm. Uh, a lot of times single folk don't enjoy being single. They're so focused on getting married. Woo, listen. Dating. And and that is a distraction. Mm. You know, um, I remember I see I I was married at 40. I got married at 40, so I got married late. And I enjoyed my single life. I enjoyed, you know, um coming home late and nobody calling to see. Where you at? What you doing? When you gonna get here? You know, and so I've had the opportunity to enjoy both. Have um, I've had an opportunity to enjoy both experiences, right? Right. Um, but you have to value it and allow it to um, l- allow the Lord to flourish in your life. If that makes any sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. I love it. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up, because I think we've had 
such a good discussion here. But if there is any woman listening who may be dealing with, you know, a boyfriend who is too old for her, not the guy for her, maybe stalking her, Mm -hmm. who do you think she should talk to about it? You know what? I would say spiritual counseling is good. You know, um, don't be afraid. First and foremost, pray yourself. Understand that um, God is real, you know, and he is drawn to those that are um, broken and have a contrite spirit. The Lord is drawn to you. All you have to do is open your mouth and pray and then seek him, seek him for guidance, right? right. The, the scripture says, knock and the door shall be open, uh, seek and ye shall find. And I know that some people say, well, I don't want to hear the scripture. I am telling you about the safest place in the whole wide world. And that is in the will of God, being in the will of God. If you pray and then open your eyes, God will lead you and guide you. And hopefully that is, you know, to a spiritual leader that can give you that counseling and that coaching that you need. Right. Right. That's one. And then also seeking um, uh, counseling. If you need counseling, clinical counseling, get it. Don't be afraid to do it. Don't be afraid to do it and be willing to take some advice because sometimes um, when it, you know, people are are doing uh, or living a certain way, they don't want no advice, right? right. Because they, they want to do this thing. So they rather not tell you about uh, my man on the side because mm. you're going to try to stop me from seeing him, you know? So I'm suffering in silence. And although I want help, I don't want you to give me that coaching right. I, I'd rather suffer in silence. Wow. So I would say um, for that young lady, understand that God loves you. Mm. Understand that his blessings are yea and amen. Um, And there is greater for you. Right. Don't play with fire. Go get some help. Right. Get some help. And be big and bad enough to know you can't do it on your own, all on your own. Because I know that a lot of Black women, we played a strong Black role in every part of our life. It's like, no, I'll just handle it. I'll fix it. It'll get all better. But some stuff you really do need your girlfriends to help you, your pastor, your minister, your you, you need the whole, right. you need everybody to help you. <laughs> yeah, you need resources and don't right. be afraid. Do get, you know, be led. You don't yeah. want to just tell everyone your business, right? But be led by the Lord and God will give you that 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 person to go to and say, "Listen, I I'm afraid of him." Mm. You know, I fear this guy. You know, I prayed for this young lady one day. And, and, and make yourself available to God to use you, right? I remember praying for this young lady in the nail shop. I saw her and I, you know, and she looked like she was high. Um, She looked like, you know, she was on drugs. Well, I prayed for that young, I asked her if I could pray for her in the nail shop. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah. Um, And when I prayed for her, I also gave her my card and said, you know, stay, she, she, she began to cry. I gave her my card. And later on that day, she texted me and she said, hi, my name is, she said her name. She said, I want to thank you for praying for me. She said, when I left you, I walked into the mall and I saw um, my pimp and I was able, and her pimp was, she was able to hide in the crowd. She said, I was able to hide and he didn't see me and I got away from him. She said, but this is the man I, you know, she was human trafficked. I didn't know that. She was it presently in human trafficking situation and the man that she worked for the pimp was there. She said, I was able to hide in the crowd and get away. And I want to thank you for praying for me. Critical. This is critical, crucial work. And I said, and there I, I began to talk to this young lady day after day after day. 
And I would say, don't give up on those people that are in those situations because she wasn't churched. This was in September of 2016. I talked to her every time she talked to me, I would text her back. By January, she said, you know, you are so different. She said, I've promised to come to your church and I haven't come. She said, but you always respond to me. And so February 5th of 2017, she was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost at our church. And so she still has some struggles, but she's, she's graduated from nursing, a nursing program. She's flourishing, right? So we, as the body of Christ have to be willing to, you know, pull them out of the fire, Mm -hmm. not preach them down to the point where they, they was like, you know, you don't understand me. You know, our conversations, it wasn't me preaching to her. It was me doing a lot of listening and a lot of coaching, Mm -hmm. you know, on how to get out of this, where to go. Um, You know, some emotional, uh, she was emotionally displaced. And so working with her to ensure that she knew God was real and God is using me to help you. Mm -hmm. Right. So don't be afraid, you know, um, women and men of God to reach out to those um, the Bible says that the strong bear the infirmities of the weak. You're strong. I, I was strong to say, can I pray for you? I had no idea that this relationship was going to form. And this is 20 and she's still coming. She's still at the church now, mm-hmm. right? She still has some struggles, but she's there. She's running the race. So I would say we have to know that this is, um, this is rescue 911 work. Right. It's critical. It's life or death. I couldn't believe that text said I ran into my pimp and I was able to hide in the crowd and get away from him. Yeah. What? And the last thing I want to say before we end um, is for people who may not be going through an issue of domestic violence or stalking, you know, whatever, whatever, um, find ways to help girls who are younger than you or find ways to help your friends and teach them about this type of preventative medicine. So if we are seeing the signs of a guy being, you know, doing some weird stuff, we -hmm. know to cut it off at the root because I know, because I know for some people like me, I'm the queen of second, third, fourth, fifth. Well, I was, that was in 2022. We're in a new year. I don't give too many chances now, but the queen of being second, third, fourth, fifth chances, Mm-mm. we we can't do it anymore. No, because... don't do it. Don't do it because it's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous. And we've lost many young ladies in this world because they've given that second, third, fourth chance. They shouldn't have gotten a car. They should not have, you know, and you don't know when it's going to happen. There was just a basketball player, I guess a few weeks ago, maybe last week, a basketball player um, who reached out to a young lady, was trying to talk to her and she uh, rejected him and he shot and killed her. He just mm-hmm. shot her. Right. Um, It wasn't a stalking situation, but it was definitely one of those situations that um, you just you don't know what's going to happen. Right. You know, and so I would say make sure that you are very careful in who you're communicating with and knowing setting those boundaries, setting the boundaries. Right. You know, do you mind giving us a short prayer as we close out um, for January Stalking Awareness Month? We need covered. All right. Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me, Ray. I hope that something I said was helpful to someone and that you use your gift to help others like you that you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. 
continue to use your gift to reach out and help others. Fathers, we thank you so much for your loving kindness. And we thank you, God, for your tender mercy. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to heighten awareness around stalking, God, heighten awareness around, you know, inappropriate behavior, God. Lord Jesus, we lift this work to you right now, asking God that you would cover any young lady, any woman who is in crisis situation, Lord God, bless her, God, lift up her head, oh God, make her to know that you are there. Lord God, bless her to connect to the right person, God. First and foremost, bless her to connect to you, God, that she would be drawn out of this situation and get the help that she needs, Father, and to make her whole in you, God. We pray for her right now in the name of Jesus, and we ask God that you would bless Raven even right now. God, as she steps into uncharted territory, God, use her for your glory. Use her platform to bless others, God. We will forever glorify you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Drive.